Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to The Sound of London. This is London is Out Loud. I'm Anne Quentin Wolf, and today we are striking out into the capital in search of one particular ingredient, and it's one that's been popping up on menus here, there, and everywhere. It's trendy, it's flavourful, and it provides a good excuse to look into one or two places in London that we might not otherwise have cause to investigate. We're off to find out why a Japanese green tea is popping up in all sorts of unlikely places. Hey baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound. You ain't never seen the light before, just a stone throw from your front door. Tottenham Court Road in an area where a half-baked market is attempting to get underway, I think. This is it's not a very good market. I'm not sure what's going on there. There's some crates, there's some uh, two or three people standing around talking about bikes. Yeah, I think it's just a small sort of pop-up market, but nothing, I wouldn't even call it a market. It's barely popped up, has it? Yes, <laughs> sometimes they use this space for such occasions. This is Yannick Pucci. Uh, you may remember him. We have been on an Art Deco tour of London before. If you're interested in that one, and you should be, then a link will be popping up now. If you're listening via Acast, then a link will appear. And Yannick Pucci has appeared, and uh, I, I really don't know what I'm letting myself in for today. I know that we're starting our tour in more or less the same place that we started our last one, but I think we're not going to be looking at the buildings today. No, today we are going to uh, have a look at some secret spots, but we're also going to uh, explore food. Today we're not doing an Art Deco tour, but we're doing one of my uh, food tasting tours. And so the whole concept behind those tours is sort of to explore the hidden sort of corners of an area of London while sort of sample some uh, of uh, the sweet treats that we can find uh, along the way. But the tour that we are doing uh, today, it is quite uh, specialised because we're sort of exploring Fitzrovia and Soho through uh, the uh, medium of matcha green tea. So matcha is uh, finely ground uh, green tea powder and it's very popular in Japanese uh, cuisine and it's slowly becoming more popular here. So in the last couple of years you certainly saw more places, you know, sell it as well as use it in uh, their food and as well 
as in the drinks, for example. But so, are you, are you making drinks uh, out of it? Because it sounds uh, at first description there, it sounded a little bit like instant coffee. It's drinks and food, so it will be used in uh, both. So uh, the green tea originally went back to uh, the traditional Japanese uh, tea ceremony, but then it sort of became adopted in general cuisine as well. And sort of in the last decades, it's been also growing in popularity in Europe and the rest of the world, and uh, pastry chefs have adopted it all across the globe. Can I just check in with you here? Because this isn't a question I need to ask every guest but having established you in my mind as an expert on art deco architecture i find myself thinking what the hell is your interest in uh, this green tea that leads you to have that as part of your career doing this tour yes uh, well i must admit i do have a sweet tooth so that's what probably got me onto that path but i have a strong interest in uh, japanese culture so i sort of uh, discovered much uh, a couple of years ago And the idea for this tour really came while chatting uh, with a friend. She is running uh, a magazine called I Love Japan, and she's a photographer, and part of her university project was sort of to photograph people who have an interest in uh, Japan. And we met up one day at Holland Park, where also uh, gift tours of the Japanese garden. And uh, afterwards, we went for a drink. It was a matcha latte. And suddenly, uh, Emily, she uh, suggested maybe I should consider doing a tour sort of uh, centered around matcha. And at first, I was a bit skeptical, but then I took up the idea and I was already plotting out a route and thinking of places you could go to and... Uh, here we are, another one of those crazy ideas. But here with the matcha tour, really, uh, you need to like the flavor. You need to commit because if you yes, don't I'm a, like it. I'm a bit it, worried about that. Yes, so uh, well, you've got me worried as well because you told me you have never really uh, tried matcha I, as I've such. never tried matcha. I'm not a tea drinker. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, we should have uh, discussed this before, but uh, <laughs> there we go. We'll see how we fare I'll today. Take one for the team. But uh, yes, you'll take one for the team. But I won't force you uh, too much. But um, that's an much more menacing the way you said it. <laughs> that was my intention. Really. So uh, there we go. Just because we're starting here, and I, I, this is off-piste, really, as far as the theme of the tour goes. The name of this area that we're sitting in is. Whitfield Gardens. And it's not really gardens, it's paved, although if, yes. if we look behind us we can see a couple of trees and it a few shrubs. It's misleading in that way. It's the best we could do. Yeah, and people often sort of uh, expect uh, a garden to be here, but I think there used to be one, but a lot of uh, World War II bomb damage uh, happened, and that's also why we have sort of that single house I think, standing there at the oh, back of right. us. Yes, it's, and, it's uh, like a sore thumb, the, uh, isn't it? Yes, exactly, and it's a bit uh, sort of quirky standing uh, here. So now, what about the mural up on the wall there? Do we know anything about yes, that? Yes. Uh, let, let me just describe it, and we're going to get some uh, photographs of it as well, uh, again on uh, on ACAR, so you can see what we're talking about. If you're not looking at that right now, it is a, a mix mash of all sorts of different people. I believe I'm seeing Ozzy Osbourne there, but I think it's just a woman with sunglasses and dark hair there's a vampire, there's gratuitous nudity, there are people pointing, there's a DJ. 
Well, this looks like a, a fairly a representative cross-section of the local population. Yes, and that's really what it's all about. The uh, mural, it's known as the Fitzrovia mural, and it's actually dating back to 1980. And it was done by two artists, and uh, they were named uh, Mick Jones and Simon Barber. And it took them about six months to uh, complete this mural. And it was commissioned by Camden Council. And the whole idea was really to sort of celebrate the whole community spirit of Fitzrovia. So as you sort of pointed out, uh, you have all those different figures, the characters, and they are sort of trying to embody this very sort of uh, cosmopolitan spirit of Fitzrovia. But there are also a few sort of notes of humour onto it. So you'll be able to recognise, for example, hospitals and nurses here and there. It's, of course, linking it to UCL, all the different uh, hospitals and all that is going around. But you also picked up quite correctly on that very menacing uh, sort of Dracula figure at the top. And that is actually meant to uh, represent, as far as I know, Horace Cutler, And back in the day, he was the uh, leader of the Greater London Council, and he's sort of responsible for the whole redevelopment of Fitzrovia with all the big office buildings. So he wasn't really a very popular figure back in the day, and uh, I think now you've got your answer why he's been depicted as a sort of vampire um, figure uh, up there. Well, I have a feeling we could put up different politicians these days up there, but I think for the sake of keeping uh, this um, podcast clean, I will not be uh, referencing a certain uh, sort of situation which is going on in uh, Spitalfield, but I think I just did, so there we go. Uh, Intriguing. 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 We need to turn our attention to tea. I'm going to resist easy puns the whole way through this podcast. That's official. Go with puns, you know. I no, don't mind no, I will not. Way. I refuse. You refuse. Where are we going first? Well, we're first going to uh, explore a bit, and uh, we are heading uh, to uh, a Vietnamese-French-style fusion bakery, which only opened up uh, last year, and it's near Gooch Street, and uh, there we'll be uh, able to uh, taste a matcha croissant, for example, or maybe a matcha brownie, depending on your preference, and we'll discuss that as we go along. Well, let's get going then. It sounds as though there's matcha to see. Oh. And there we go. So, down Tottenham Street. I didn't know there was a Tottenham Street. I did know that there was a fish and chip shop here. I used to uh, frequent this one. And it's interesting, uh, whenever I'm thinking about how to depict a place, one of the often overlooked senses is smell. And I think writers are, are often onto the idea that you should use all the senses and think about how a place smells. But very often the smells don't match up with what you think at all. So we were sitting there in the uh, in the gardens next to Tottenham Court Road, but actually the smell was fishy. <laughs> yes, and that is sort of leading us also to uh, what used to be at the space of the uh, sort of mock garden, if you want to. At some stage, this was known as the Little Sea because there was a pond there. 
and but that has been covered up uh, at some stage and it was sort of turned into uh, ground. But you see, here we are on a uh, sort of side street. Yes, which side street are we on? We've got Pollock's Toy Museum right there. That should, we're on Whitfield Street. Yes, while well, linking it back uh, to uh, the garden. And you see the whole idea behind these tours, you know, it could be sort of straightforward and us just going from one shop to the next and just taste food really and transform this sort of bit in a food orgy. But that would be a bit too easy in that way. And so I always try to incorporate those corners that people might not have seen uh, before. And this is really one of those as well. And we are having a look here at uh, Pollock's Toy Museum. And you can see all the outside. It's very quirky. You have the wooden part of the building. And then you have the mural, which is embodying the toy museum or Pollock story. So always within those tours, there is also a strong visual element. Because I always find when you do a walking toy you know there needs to be a bit of a a sense of maybe not drama is not the word I'm looking for but uh, again a visual and um, something people can see and pretty buildings usually uh, fit the bill in uh, that way and uh, you might also argue that that is again tying in with my interest uh, in uh, architecture. Now can I can I ask you I was accused just yesterday, whilst eating my lunch in Brick Lane, yep. of being Russell Crowe. Do you think that I bear any resemblance to Russell Crowe? Because I was rather alarmed. Well, it is a bit of a shocking comparison, but uh, you know, I can see why people would go into um, that uh, train of thought. Is it a polite way of saying I look, I look a bit knackered? Not really. You should really ask me this question at the ending. I don't want to put you in a bad mood because, you know, we still need to sort of survive your first uh, matcha toast. Well, we're on the corner of uh, Goodge Street and Charlotte Street now. I have to wait because there's matcha traffic. I think I'm going to stop doing that. The more puns you do, the more, I think, intensity of a matcha treat I will give you. So uh, now we're already on level two. (laughs) That was uh, unmistakably a threat. Another one. Over the road there, we can see Mobile. We can see the Roots Juicery. We can see Frax Lobster Shack. What a a great name. So we'll just cross in the back. The post office tower behind us. Does anyone call it the post office tower anymore? I think I've just dated myself. Here we are, we're in MOBA. A couple of long benches, straight away the delicious Japanese smells. Soy and ginger. Hi. Could I please get a matcha croissant to go, please? Yes, sure. Now, if these are the if these are the matcha croissants in question, they are very much like your average croissant, except they've got a, a sickly green colour to them. They look as though they might contain kryptonite. Don't let the green colour fool you. I'm sure you'll like it once we uh, taste it. What am I actually letting myself in for here? This... This isn't looking good. No, you will enjoy it, I'm sure. And the croissant is a good sort of gateway uh, drug. It works quite nicely. It's not too strong. And it's something you will be a bit familiar with. I'm just going to check with the member. Can I just ask you a question? You work here and you sell these these matcha croissants. Do you eat the matcha croissants? Yeah, I used to eat it because I love the matcha. So it's really, really good. Okay, then. Thank you. You're welcome. Out we come. 
Oh, there's an enormous uh, crack in their window. Clearly somebody was not happy about something that they ate in the matcha croissant shop. That's not oh, a good sign. Oh, dear. No, don't go there. So uh, here we can see uh, the matcha croissant. Well, you listeners cannot see it, but uh, we'll try to describe it as best uh, as we can. Well, I'm going to photograph this object for you. You're going to see the croissant popping up now if you're listening via ACAST. I would like your opinion, please. Is this something that you would willingly put in your face? It could be mashed frog in there. Nothing good is green in food like this. No. <laughs> green vegetables, oh yes. Uh-huh. Green croissant, uh, no sir. So uh, you can see it's your traditional croissant, but it's sort of adapting Asian flavours to it. I can't see that. And uh, I can see, a, I can uh, see a green colour. Now, yep. I'm now going to cut off a piece for you, and you'll try it. And so what I should tell you about uh, the matcha flavour, it is sort of balancing out the sweetness. It can be very uh, sort of uh, bitter, and it is a bit of an acquired taste, but uh, we'll now sort of... Uh, <laughs> I'll take over the microphone and Good keep one, it okay. for you, and I'll let you try the first bit, and you can see it's pretty green inside. Right, that looks like artificial grass green. So, uh, while you're munching on it, uh, I'm um, trying to continue this show. Hold on, no. I have no clue where to go with it. At the moment, you seem to make a sort of uh, okay face, so you're not uh, too um, sceptical about it yet. You're not too fond of it. Well, let me report back. That tastes to me as though it's got a very delicate background flavour. A little bit like the way that saffron affects food. It's that subtle not even quite warmth but it sort of lurks there in the background and lets you know that things are good. That's a very subtle I was expecting to be kicked about the chops to be quite honest. Well you see I told you this was going to be a good sort of gateway drug. You'll have sort of different levels of intensity. Well yes I wouldn't describe that as intense at all. It's it's almost unnoticeable. Yeah no so it's very subtle uh, here in this uh, croissant and uh, so uh, you'll have different levels different strongness and later on you'll also be drinking a matcha based um, beverage so uh, we'll see how you uh, fare with that one well i need i need stronger drugs and i need them now <laughs> we saw that you were interested about matcha oh, yes. yeah. so we're bringing you the matcha man mi which is uh, the special sandwich in uh, vietnam yeah. oh all right so there is uh, some uh, brisket inside some um, sweet chili mayonnaise Pickles, you you're, will like it. You're a wonderful person, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Now, <laughs> thank would you, you very much. Would you describe the matcha, the taste of matcha in this as being stronger than in the croissant? It's a bit different, actually. Um, because of the sweetness of the croissant, the matcha does not have the same taste in the baguette. It's a bit more, how you can say, in French it would be um, not sore, you know, it will be a bit more, I don't find my word in English, so <laughs> I, can, I can say it in French. <laughs> we, we can try in French. The matcha in the croissant is more, I don't, I, I don't like when it's too sweet, the matcha. I think it has to be more like alone. Mm-hmm. You know, something not sweet, something not dessert. I prefer it like the bread. You should try it, and you will tell me how you. Well, I'm going to do exactly right. that. Right, Very we're going to. You're welcome. Yeah. Enjoy. Bye bye. Thank you. 
Well, well, this will be your treat. Now, to take now home. I see why you're doing these tours. <laughs> well, I must say, usually people don't come out uh, of the shops running up to me with extra food. So this is really an exception, and we should really uh, applaud MOBA in uh, that way. And they've been very um, kind. And uh, I think it's the star power of having Russell Crowe with me. And so that's working uh, in our favour. And uh, probably now they will be very disappointed when they don't see Russell Crowe treating about their matcha croissant or matcha banh mi uh, baguette. But you see the baguette you're just tasting. It's quite uh, interesting because I told you this place specialises in uh, fusion food. And uh, it's French and Vietnamese. So... Uh, you can see the baguette will obviously be uh, the French component to this and it's sort of linking it from history as uh, a colonizer of uh, Vietnam but then all the filling will be uh, Asian The Sound of London Londonist Out Loud with N. Quentin Wolfe Listen free every week on your favourite podcast platform subscribe via iTunes and get great extra content at Londonist.com Tweet the show at Londonist Sound and see pictures of all our guests on the Londonist Out Loud stream on Instagram. We've just passed down under an archway the Newman Arms uh, Black Fronted Pub and we passed down through a black archway to the left of the building, moving between the buildings, passing down one of those glorious old passageways where the flagstones take the undulating shape of the ground beneath them and we emerged on uh, the sort of uh, a cobbled back way that looks like it might be used as a film set for something Victorian. Now we are on... We're coming close to uh, East Castle Street and we're slowly sort of making our way towards uh, Oxford Street. Heading to the heart of Soho for uh, a matcha latte. And while we do so, I'm going to show you a very quirky building. Yeah, I know the on Oxford Street, which you might not have uh, noticed a certain element before. So hopefully I'll be able to uh, surprise you. You know what we need to know right now, and I, I remember there being an article on Londonist about this within the last year or two, the meaning of the pub name The Blue Posts, because there are a lot of blue posts. Yes, uh, there is another one, and funnily enough uh, that you mention it, because the other blue post features in... Uh, the route of my new Art Deco tour, which I just launched, and that's Art Deco in the West End. You couldn't have planned this better for the plug. Brilliant. But we still don't know what the blue posts uh, refers to. Yes, well, uh, some theories say hunting ground posts and sort of uh, letting you know about the area. But As in you would stake out the hunting area and blue yes. posts mean keep away? Yes. And uh, the second sort of um, theory behind those blue posts is that they would be a sort of the um, equivalent of modern-day taxi rams, but you would use them to hire sedan chairs, which is probably the most likely explanation for them. Diggers and cranes right in the heart of the West End here. That can mean only one thing. Well, yes, it means several cross things. <laughs> Crossrail, of course. Yeah. So while we're standing here on this quiet-ish corner of uh, <laughs> Oxford... 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Street. <laughs> who are you trying to kid? Yeah, exactly. I can see 200 people from where I'm standing. Yes, uh, well, not quite, but uh, you're exaggerating a bit, but uh, it's not too busy considering. But actually, if you look up uh, onto the other side of the street, at the very top of the building, you'll be actually uh, able to see uh, a beaver there. A small statue. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Have I, you I, ever noticed that one before? My eye was lingering over a store there called Harmony Adult Store. And uh, what did you want me to look at? That's not what I wanted you to have a look you, at. Okay, there yes. we go. And uh, this used to be uh, a hat shop. And at the back you had the uh, hat factory, for example. So that's why you have uh, those uh, odd four beavers that... Uh, top so there is one at the very top and you can see three more on the sides for example uh, beavers well, uh, the connection being the beaver tail hat yes and links to fur and all those things and if you want to discover a bit more about uh, this shop and its history well you'll have to come onto the tour what a thumping great hole Crossrail has put there well, there's a little shortcut we are going to pass by the Harmony shop, but uh, we won't be going in. That would be a complete different tour. <laughs> Have you considered it as a possibility? No, I know before I said about crazy schemes, but uh, I don't think that's necessarily the direction I want to head in, although there might be a market for it. But as we know, with Soho being gentrified quickly um, before we know it all those elements will probably have moved out and <laughs> sorry I'm just seeing just to, I should explain we're walking through a passageway that's about four foot wide and ahead of us there's uh, three people with uh, helium filled balloons but they're not your usual size balloons these are at least two feet wide each and they've got an enormous cloud of balloons over their heads they're surely going to lose about 50% of them going through there well that's you know, it's a very nice sort of representation of London and Soho. You never know what you're going to see and keep your eyes open. Have you been in doing this stuff long enough to have spotted that gentrification for yourself? I think it's becoming more and more evident. Yes, you'll notice that uh, lots of 
sort of young places are moving in and uh, also while we're walking here here we have the back of the uh, hat shop oh yes we're, we're, we're at uh, the rear end of henry heath yes and this is where they would have produced all their hats uh, can we stick some dates on that no no <laughs> no i can give them to you later out onto wardour street uh, junction of wardour and noel and we're turning left. We can see the George right, so up um, to our right. Well, there's a lot of good-looking food and drink occurring around here. We're outside a ham shop. Cured ham, by the looks of it. Hand-carved. Yep, but that's not what we're after. Are so... we sure it might be what we're after? No. Judging by the previous place, what we've got to do is buy something small and sit outside <laughs> and, look, and look interested. Yes. Um, as I said, rarity. Soho for me is very much characterised by these many interesting alleyways that are well they're thoroughfares, they're really heavily used day and especially night past another adult store I mean that's probably not worth noting in Soho is it? No, well as I said maybe uh, give it a couple more years and you won't see them as such but Let's hope Soho retains some of its character. Well, people will still need to buy adults, surely. I presume that's what they sell in adult stores. Yeah. But I guess people will be using online more and more. So. I find it very difficult to imagine that people will want to buy adult content online. It seems very unlikely. We're heading into a shop. Oh, it's jazzy. Yeah, there we go. Oh, it's we nice. can just chill then, can't we? Yeah. There we can do this. There are cups hanging from uh, a rope here. The signs are wood. And the ceiling tiles are hung at all sorts of different levels and have been made to look like, uh, or in fact may even be, charcoal wood. It's got a very earthy feel. Yeah, no, it's a very nice uh, place. This doesn't look look remotely Japanese, though. No, well, once again, you see the uh, matcha flavour has been adopted by the whole wild world and... You know, it's not strictly Japanese anymore as such. What is the name of the place we're in? My Soho. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. Can we actually get two uh, matcha lattes? So uh, you're telling me that the uh, matcha latte is the next level up. This is stronger stuff. Yes, well, we're still going with the latte, so it has still the milk in it, so it will be a bit more palatable to you. Because some people will uh, sometimes just drink the tea just with water and it's frothed up, and uh, that can be very strong. And it looks very soupy and almost a bit like uh, spinach water. That's even a bit more of an acquired taste. Tell us everything you know about Mucha in the time we've got before our lattes arrive. Well, yes, it's uh, popularised in Japan initially uh, sort of via the tea ceremony, the very formal one, and then later on it uh, gets uh, adopted by um, the larger population and now it's really quite common and it's seen as uh, very sort of healthy, but I have a feeling by all the things that we are adding it to we're not necessarily keeping it healthy so uh, let's not try to uh, pass off uh, matcha cakes matcha chocolate you know matcha donuts as healthy so i don't think it works that way because yeah, they're not much good for you are they yeah, there we go still counting we'll see how many more you can uh, bring we are, we are not amused <laughs> oh no 
Oh, I am. Oh. Um, <laughs> when you have a cup Not of tea... Not many things can annoy me. When you have... <laughs> you don't know me too well, do you? When you have a cup of tea then in Japan, is it? are we talking about matcha in the sense that we talk about like Yorkshire tea here? Is it like the standard thing or is it a special tea even there? Uh, it is special there as well, but you'll also have your regular green tea. But um, you see, as it's made out of the leaves which are um, ground up, it's quite expensive uh, as well. I suppose what I'm keen to know, with my London hat... with. Inconsiderate saxophonist there. Just launched into his uh, solo willy nilly. Yep. Very impetuous. Well, I'll, I'll just let him ask the questions. <laughs> so, what was the question? Yeah, I'll ask the question. Oh, yeah, okay. So, with my London hat on, then I'm curious about the London connections. Clearly, we found some places here that are uh, selling uh, much as an ingredient in their. In their what about other Japanese connections in London? Um, we've got a podcast coming from Chinatown. What about Japanese London? There's no uh, clearly there's no Japan town. Yeah, no, there isn't. But uh, there are plenty of um, Japanese places or themed places that you uh, can visit. So uh, the British Museum, for example, has a very nice uh, Japanese gallery. Is that things we've stolen from Japan? I won't answer that one. You work for the British Museum, don't you? I'm one of the volunteers at uh, the museum, and uh, so no comment on that, but uh, I, uh, for full disclosure, I've been doing the uh, Japan Eye Opener Tour at the museum for the past five years, so that's a free half-hour introduction to the Japanese connection, and uh, that's sort of what got me uh, sort of started on uh, exploring all things Japanese. Oh, here we go. Here are uh, matcha lattes. We're doing a matcha tour of London. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are we going to experience when we taste matcha? What sort of flavour is it? Oh, you're going you're to experience probably the uh, plant green tea, which is really nice. And um, obviously the milk, because you got the matcha latte, so it's really nice the texture. Sometimes people add a little bit of honey then, so it's uh, just to make... Some, for some people, the flavour is a bit strong, but uh, it's amazing, uh, amazing taste. So. Taste yourself and try it. Thanks very much. Know what you think. Well, he's the sceptic. We're going to try the latte then. Yannick, would you mind doing the yep. honours with the mic here? I'm going to taste his unsweetened. Go for it. And I should say that this has been presented in a glass cup and it's got that traditional leaf design that you get on top of your latte or cappuccino. The moment of truth is here. That's a very strange experience and I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, firstly, what's going into my mouth texture-wise is a frothy cup of coffee, but the taste that's being delivered is a delicious cup of green tea. Yes, it's very earthy and it's not too sweet, so it can get a bit bitter, hence why uh, people will mix in vanilla syrup or honey, for example, as the gentleman has just been telling you. Yeah, honey would make a, a, a lot of good sense because that earthy flavour, I see what you mean about earthy. Yep, so it's sort of balancing it all out. But, uh, you know, traditionally you would go without any additional flavourings. Well, that's not, a, that's not bad at all. Yes, it's got a dark aftertaste. So you're left feeling as though there's some body left in your mouth. Ma- not some body left in your mouth, but some body left in your mouth. Yeah. Well, that's not bad at all. Oh, you see, I'm trying to slowly uh, convert you. Yeah. Hopefully um, by the end of the tour we'll have... Um, 
you know, convinced you to uh, order matcha latte or any other matcha-flavoured goods for your own self now, do you, without you, being forced. Are you a matcha importer? We should uh, do full disclosure here. No, I'm not Have importing. You, in your living room right no. now, is there a, a stack of matcha crates? No, no, unfortunately not, because it would be a bit like sitting on green gold, but um, no. Well, that's not at all bad. I can officially recommend, uh, if you want coffee that tastes like tea... <laughs> that's a good way to describe Then this, this is for you. Um, <laughs> that's a very specific market. Yes. Uh, you could just close your eyes and... No, that's not... We're not going to linger too much longer. Londonist Out Loud is free every week. You can support the show and Londonist via the Londonist shop, where you'll find excellent gift ideas, including London postcard T-shirts, the Secrets of the Tube DVD, chunky logo mugs, tote bags, hoodies, the Inspector Sands tea, and the Londonist Oyster card holder. Treat yourself, support us, and share your love of London at londonist.com slash shop. Well, we've wended our way down to Piccadilly, and the route we've taken actually, and I know this area reasonably well, revealed to me all sorts of nooks and crannies that I haven't seen before. And it also revealed to me a Whole Foods shop in the weirdest of locations, really, for what is this? actually a grocer's but outside what did we see yeah no we um the whole foods is uh, outside of air street but it's been there now for two years i think you uh, must clearly come onto more tours and explore london a bit more and is this you being sort of uh, kept in your writer's den and uh, not getting out and seeing the sunlight well because i haven't seen a whole food store You've seen so many new things today. Yeah, you seemed a bit surprised. We saw a sign actually, um, yeah, selling and advertising much as well. So you can see it is really taking over the whole world. And well, that's a, uh, that's a big extrapolation. Yeah, no, it is getting popular and popular everywhere. So it's getting more common and common. And uh, before we know it. Uh, you know, you'll be able to order it uh, everywhere. But a couple of years ago, this would have been sort of unthinkable, and you'd only find it in specialised places, such as the one we are popping in uh, now. So we are here on Piccadilly, and we are going to visit a traditional uh, Japanese confectionery shop. So uh, you will see all those different treats and sweets are all individually packaged, and there is a very nice uh, sort of view onto detail. So let's go in. As we go in, we see exquisitely arranged plates of bisected treats. They look, at first glance, a little bit like dumplings, perhaps. You might imagine a small dumpling filled with apple or filled with lime jelly. That's what they look like. I'm sure the ingredients are far more complex. Well, you have different varieties of sweets, and those are known as wagashi in Japanese, and uh, they're sort of meant to be uh, served with the um, tea ceremony as well. You will see that they are all individually wrapped, but also very sort of traditional for Japan. You will have an example of each, and all of those are, of course, the fake food with... uh, you know, that Japan sort of specialises in producing and putting in front of uh, the restaurant. So you can see all those are sort of realistic examples, but oh, they are okay. fake, they are made out of plastic. Oh, we're glancing around here. Yes. They look, if you imagine your custard cream or bourbon cream biscuit, but with some of the biscuit layer removed to allow you to inspect what it is that you're going to be consuming, there is a row of these 
inviting you to try out various different biscuits. Langue de chat. That either means uh, the language of the cat... It is or the tongue of the, the cat. tongue of the cat. The yes. tongue of the cat. So it's a French biscuit, but then again, it has been uh, sort of adopted and adapted in a Japanese way with matcha, and we'll get one of these for you to try. Now these, uh, I've got to say, these are not cheap. No, but again, it sort of reflects the quality of the matcha which is being used, as well as sort of uh, this place being a traditional shop and having roots uh, in uh, Kyoto. Mm. And having a rent to pay on Piccadilly. Yes, that as well. And we are for a princely sum, which means I'm going to have to rush out to a cash point and empty my accounts. Two pounds, I'll have you know, we are going to buy a cat's tongue with, with matcha in it. Yep. And it's described as two halves of rich butter cookies sandwiched with matcha green tea chocolate inside. Ah, so that's chocolate that layer, with bright green. Yep, so matcha will often be used in chocolate uh, as well, and it's often combined with... Uh, white chocolate, for example. I've never set foot inside here, despite having worked in the area some years ago, when I think this place was already extant. It's worth a visit just for the eye candy, rather than the actual candy. <laughs> well, that's it, really. It is very sort of very nice store, very traditional, and people often don't expect it uh, to be here. And equally, it will also be a bit intimidating uh, from the outside. But I think you are leading us right into sort of... Um, Almost, for lack of a better word, the Dragon's Den, the green tea sweets display, and uh, this has anything uh, that you could sort of uh, wish for in terms of uh, matcha. So you've got the beautiful gift set, so if anyone uh, that you know is really into it, uh, you now know where you'll be able to get a present. Also in the background, you'll see uh, tea bowls, for example, and... um, the tea sets but also in the background there you'll see the traditional bamboo whisk which will be used to um, froth up uh, the uh, matcha green tea powder so it's known as a shazen in Japanese we're going to come to a conclusion and I suspect the conclusion of this podcast is going to involve me shoving that uh, green tea chocolate yep into my face that's the plan and it's worth mentioning, I guess, as well, that a couple of places we've passed on the way uh, speak to a little bit more of a Japanese presence in this part of town than I, I realise, a Japanese publishing company. There's, of course, the uh, Japan Centre on the other side of the street here on Piccadilly. Well, these are being paid for out of our enormous expenses budget. table just there. Thank you very much. Well, the moment of truth. From what we've tasted so far, my expectation is that this is going to look like a chocolate biscuit and taste like a cup of green tea. That's for you to find out in a second and uh, have a go and I'll hold the mic for you. I'll tell you what, while this is going in the business end of things, would you like to let people know where they can find out more about these tours? And you've got some more Art Deco tours coming up as well, which yes, are very interesting. Uh, so uh, you can find out all about the green tea um, food tasting tour on my website, com, 
And uh, as you mentioned, uh, yes, I have some new deco tours coming up and uh, I've just started with a new one which is based in uh, the West End. And it's sort of following in the footsteps of my Art Deco in Bloomsbury tour and the one I do in the Strand as well. My response to the green tea biscuit, boom, this is, this is happening. That is delicious and it doesn't taste like it should be something else. That tastes very flavourful. Yep. Tastes like lilac looks. It is very um, strong, and um, but here we've really come to the root of it. And uh, while you've seen the um, sort of shops we've visited before, it's all sort of um, versions which have been adapted to uh, other cuisines. While here, well, this is still a hybrid in a way as well because it's taking the French element and sort of giving it a Japanese twist. But in terms of uh, matcha, we've sort of come to the um, sort of holy grail of matcha and where we'll find it in sort of the most authentic form. It's reaching for peppery, but it's not quite... It doesn't have that heat. It's a very interesting flavour. It's almost as if... I'm just going to hold on to something here. It's it's almost as if it's a unique flavour all of its own. Well, it is certainly unique, and uh, it is a bit of an acquired taste, but often once people have sort of given in and tried it, they will reach for it uh, time after time, again and again. You know, it's a bit probably the green colouring, which is shocking people at first, because we sort of associate it really with green with vegetables as you see but this is not vegetably at all really and i think i've just coined a new word there with vegetably yes you've heard it here first on the londonist podcast first, uh, first and last yes yes your 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 website is londononraveled.com it's as simple as that uh, yannick pucci thanks very much indeed thanks for having me it was a pleasure That's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Yannick Pucci. Thanks to, to Bernie Barkley. The human incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea. I'm in Quentin Wolfe. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.